Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Tea Time. I'm Sophie. And I'm Isa. And in this episode, we decided to talk to some doctors, nurses, and firefighters and ask them how their experience during COVID-19 has been for them. So when we conducted these interviews, we found out a lot of things that we didn't know about hospitals. And we were able to get an inside look of what it's really like to be in a hospital during this pandemic. Our first interview is Dr. Rodriguez, who is a cardiac electrophysiologist stationed here in South Florida. How has quarantine and the virus affected your workflow? Yeah, no, so good question. Um, so I'm in cardiology, or specifically, I do electrophysiology, which is a, a cardiologist that does electrical problems and like devices and all that stuff. So um, it's impacted it huge, you know, because what happened was, well, in, in the country, it's really like in late February that it really exploded, uh, you know, in New York first and then Washington and all that. In Miami, really about the second week of March is when things really, really got crazy. <clears throat> we, you know, there's a lot of learning that had to happen in a very fast pace, you know, like what kind of protective equipment to wear, you know, how contagious was this thing? How prevalent was this thing? Um, how, how was it transmitted? And so uh, what happened was we did a couple things. Uh, we shut down all elective procedures, every single surgery, unless it was an inpatient, meaning a patient that was hospitalized, or it was a medical emergency, like they would die if they didn't get the procedure. Those are the only ones that we were doing in the last, uh, well, they just reopened um, yesterday. So this week is actually good timing on the interview. Uh, tomorrow is actually my first elective surgery day uh, back in action or whatever. And um, that was what, like two months. It impacted it in the sense that we were only available for emergencies. But a lot of people, it's kind of scary because a lot of people were, well, everyone was scared, you know. But a lot of people that probably really needed to go to the hospital were staying home. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a problem in itself. Now with the coronavirus, do you feel safe going into work every day? Yeah, I mean, you know, you have to respect the virus. Uh, you know, you take, uh, you take, you know, I guess the limits to, you take the scenario or, or your behavior to both limits, to both extremes. So on the one hand, uh, you do nothing and don't wear a mask and you don't follow any protocols and it was you do business as usual back in January or whatever. And that's probably not a great idea. And then on the other end of the extreme, you enshroud yourself you know, and don't ever leave the house, leave medicine as a whole and all of that stuff. And that's probably not a great idea either. I do know in the sense that a lot has changed since the first week of March. But suffice to say, I look like a stormtrooper now, uh, you know, from Star Wars or whatever. Talk like Darth Vader. So they actually nicknamed me Darth or whatever, uh, or Vader uh, at the hospital because uh, I, it's called a P95 respirator. So it's this ginormous thing that goes in front of your mouth and uh, in your nose and all that. Uh, we use uh, face shields, so we kind of look like riot police or whatever, you know, like a mask in front of you. And then um, I use glasses anyways that are special glasses to cover your eyes and stuff like that for procedures. So we do that. But uh, more importantly is that in the last, you know, two months, we developed something called rapid antibody testing. So it's kind of like a flu or like a strep throat test or whatever. Like if you were to go to your doctor or urgent care or whatever, um, they would stick a very long Q-tip equivalent into the back of your nose and you would feel it. 
uh, to get a good sample or whatever, and then they smear it, and it, within an hour, you have yay or nay, positive or negative, and anyone who sets foot in the hospital, we're going to swab you patient-wise. So these are things that improve the safety profile. So yeah, you know, I feel okay. I just have to wear some extra stuff, and unfortunately, they close down the cafeterias and stuff like that, so that's kind of weird. Yeah, you know, reasonable things. I think things are going to be a little different for the next couple of weeks to months. Anesthesia is also taking their precautions because when we do a surgery, we have an anesthesiologist and a couple other team members, and they're taking their precautions and everything. Uh, yeah, you know, I think now it is, and the testing is, is getting even better. Like last week, they announced, um, so when you look at a test, the word, the buzzwords are how sensitive is a test, meaning how good of a test is it at picking up whatever it is that you're trying to test for. There's a company, La Roche, who developed a 99% sensitivity, which you can't really ask for much better than that in medicine. So as opposed to the first test where like only 80%, which one out of every five people you may miss. And that's a uh, that's not so great. So I think, uh, you know, things will get better. Um, I think we're all ready to roll. And I'm, I wasn't used to sleeping that much and having that much free time and stuff like that. So I, I took up hobbies. <laughs> but I'm ready to get back in the surgical room, you know. So, what precautions are you taking to stay safe? So we see patients, obviously, for procedures, of course, but we also see them in the clinic. In the clinic, we eliminated our waiting room. So there's no waiting room. The minute you, you set foot into our building, you have a temperature scanner and people will with any respiratory symptoms or anything are essentially uh, not allowed in. It's kind of uh, pretty authoritarian if you think about it, but all patients are mandated to wear a mask. Once again, we all look like like stormtroopers. So all of our staff have uh, full gear, uh, face shields, uh, respirator mask. We kind of wear a picture of ourselves without gear on, on ourselves so that we don't like scare the, the heck out of people or whatever. But um, but yeah, so we took those precautions and then in the surgical rooms, uh, we, all of our operating rooms are now at negative pressure, meaning, um, it's just ventilation precautions in case you have aerosols, meaning like little, the virus likes to surf on little droplets of fluid that are suspended in air. So we have, uh, you know, negative pressure, suction and all that to remove that. We use UV light to disinfect between, you know, cases. So it's, uh, it looks like a little, I guess it's a Star Wars theme, but like a little R2-D2. You roll him in there and then he lights up the entire OR with UV light with no one in it, of course, to uh, kill stuff. Swab everything down, every you know, surface with a lot of disinfectants. Again, I do all my procedures now with full gear. So I assume everyone's positive, even if they have three negative tests, I don't care. You know, I just take full precautions anyways. But you're you're not allowed to have a procedure if, uh, if you have a positive test. That's not emergent, rather. So you said when you're going into the hospital and you're wearing all this gear, you have a picture of yourself on you without the gear? Um, yeah, yeah. So the nurses started at first and we thought it was a pretty good idea. So we'll put like our, our little headshot or whatever, you know, for RD and stuff like that. To kind of show people that we're actually human and not like these weird uh, clones or whatever walking around. So they started in New York. I can't take credit for that idea. That's super yeah, cool though. That's yeah, like, clever. Your patient would feel more comfortable like seeing Yeah, no, it's, face, it's pretty intimidating. Yeah, no, you really look like a riot police. It's uh, unless you, you, you give the patient a heads up. But now the patients are actually comforted with all this gear, you know, uh, so it's, it's kind of... Um, yeah, I mean, we opened up our clinic last week, actually, because like we're doing right now, um, we moved over to telemedicine. 
So we're seeing patients, you know, virtually through your laptop or through whatever, your iPhone or, or uh, for the, the droid users, you know, whatever they have. But um, no, uh, yeah, that's actually another thing we did is that in March, we shifted almost entirely to t uh, virtual care. There are some limitations in that you can't examine someone, you know, that easy. Um, but we have like little kits where you could put your fingers on something and we can do an EKG and I can check and reprogram your pacemakers and defibrillators remotely and stuff. So there's a lot that you can do and it's better than not seeing a doctor, but there was still some limitations. Do you feel that with the virus now, abroad, do you feel that it's affected your work more than you thought it would at first? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, everything exploded since uh, December 23rd, I think, in Wuhan or whatever. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, by definition, that's a pandemic, you know. <laughs> Uh, these things don't like announce themselves. You know, with globalization and how interconnected we are as societies, that is great for learning and cultural dissemination and stuff like that, but not so great for viruses because they can hop on a plane and be in New York the next day. The problem with this, um, with the virus is how long people are asymptomatic for if they ever develop symptoms, but they're able to spread it, you know. Um, so that was the game changer. Fortunately, it doesn't look like it was as deadly as initially thought because the initial numbers, I mean, made anyone want to run to the hills or lock themselves up forever. The numbers itself, but again, it's, it's, um, it's ability to disseminate. Do you feel like you've developed a better relationship with your coworkers because of this? Yeah, yeah. I think especially, you know, when you saw the images out of New York, New York was a special case uh, just because they had a lot of variables that were not in their favor. Um, luckily in Miami, the heat and the UV really helped out. And the fact that we, we don't have any public transportation, I mean, you can't really count the metro rail, you know, and the bus system's pretty bad. So usually, usually. So these things, while normally they would be horrible, uh, were actually great defensive mechanisms because in New York, you know, you only have so many subway rails, you know, train number one through seven and eighth through L and all of that. But problem is that it facilitates its dissemination, you know, a virus because, uh, you know, this thing could live in colder climates for a couple of days even. And in Miami and in Florida, for that matter, we have a lot of sunlight and a lot of different things you know, that helped out a lot. What kept your drive to go to work? Like, was there a point where you didn't want to go to work because you didn't feel safe? And if so, what kept you going? Yeah, I mean, I think initially, like in March, uh, you know, uh, when there were reports coming from Italy and New York of how this thing was so transmissible and, and um, you know, the, the World Health Organization and the CDC, I mean, they were so confused, you know, uh, they didn't know heads from tails or they were not supremely helpful at all. First, they're like, oh, it's not a big deal. Then it's like, just kidding. It's actually a really big deal. And then at first, it's like no mask and then it's like okay a surgical mask and then it was like oh my god actually n95 and now a scarf for something you know so they're all over the place and i think with a lack of information at first yeah sure i mean um you know i mean i, I myself i'm 36 and i have no medical conditions thank god and i take care of myself it's not it's not myself or or my wife you know it was our parents that we were worried about or you know grandparents and, and all of that. So yeah, there, you know, there are some periods, uh, you know, where you're a little worried. Uh, luckily, uh, from the get go, uh, you know, I have a lot of friends in New England, because I did my training in Boston and stuff. So I got to compare notes to what they were doing up there that 
was working or not working? Believe it or not, eBay, you know, eBay is awesome, you know, because Amazon sold out of everything and, and all the local stores here, like Home Depot and Lowell's and stuff like that, they ran out and the hospitals were, um, it took a while for the supply chains to catch up because everything is made in China. You know, like 95% of protective equipment was made in China, which in hindsight is not a fantastic idea. But on eBay, actually, I just bought, you know, the, the respirators and stuff from day one. So um, I look like a stormtrooper back in March, and I still look like a stormtrooper, and I'll look like that until December, until I get a vaccination. Next, we interviewed Ariel, a firefighter and a paramedic. How has quarantine and the virus affected your workflow? It has affected everybody, obviously, all over the world. And it affects us directly because we have to respond to homes no matter what the situation is. Going into the home, we don't, we, we don't know if they're going to have COVID or not, if they're going to be positive or not. I and mean, we still have to do our job regardless, whether it's a known COVID patient or if it's not a, a known COVID patient. We have to treat them all the same and we have to still continue to do our job. Uh, a lot of us on the job have gotten the COVID virus. Not a, not a big uh, percentage, but a small percentage. And it has put a lot of us out of work for 14 days that you have to quarantine. Now that the coronavirus is here, do you feel less safe in your job than you did before? The only uncertainty, I think, uh, across the board is that you could have it and be asymptomatic. We've always been very professional and very cautious of using personal protective equipment on every call. No matter what the call is, we've always been very professional about that and very consistent. But yeah, having patients that could possibly have it and not show any symptoms is a variable that we're not used to. But again, like I said before, we, um, we treat everybody as if they could be contagious and we take care of ourselves. So not much has changed in that aspect. It's just uh, since it's highly contagious, we have to be extra careful with our respiratory because we would not normally, on an, under normal circumstances, we, we would not wear a mask going into calls, and it could be a respiratory. It could be, a, it could be airborne and going through our respiratory system. What exactly are you wearing to stay safe? Well, like I said before, we normally would just wear gloves and possibly goggles before COVID. Now, during COVID, we're taking extra precautions. precautions. We're wearing gloves. We're wearing uh, plastic sleeves that are all disposable, um, goggles, and especially masks. 85 masks that we have that try to, you know, try to avoid the COVID. When the pandemic was first introduced, did you think it would last as long as it has or have the big effects that it did? I honestly didn't. I didn't think it was going to get to the um, to the magnitude that it has gotten to, that it has reached. We knew we had to take it serious, but I really didn't know it was going to be to this magnitude, and we still don't know uh, to when we're going to have to deal with it. Um, it seems like we're going to be dealing with it for a very long time due to the lack of vaccines, due to... To lack of uh, information and, and, and facts on this virus, we're still learning every day. So no, I didn't, I didn't think it was gonna be to this, um, to this magnitude, but it's, it's gotten pretty serious. It's affected a lot of people. How do you feel about going into work knowing that your life is at risk? Well, it's always been part of our careers, not just COVID related, but uh, any call, if not taken serious or not gone about it professionally, uh, endanger your life and the lives of others we still go to work with the same mentality do what we have to do uh we're out to serve the public we do the best that we can while at the same time trying to keep ourselves protected and safe now going into work do you feel like there's a higher level of stress that comes with going in 
Yes, absolutely. Uh, there is a higher level of stress. Again, for example, if we, in the past, we would go to a cardiac arrest, which was a call that we would do, unfortunately, we do often. But now it's, it's added stress because now if you are trying to resuscitate a patient, you're, it's in the back of your mind the whole time. You got to get up close and personal with these patients the possibility of them having uh, being positive for COVID. So it's, uh, yes, it is added stress on every call now. Some calls we would we would go to routinely, kind of be, it'd be kind of like second nature. Now there is added stress. What drives you to keep working during this pandemic? This is what we all signed up to do. We, we love helping the public. This is, it's in our nature. It's in our job. We, people still need our help. Not just us, but uh, law enforcement officers. We need to be out there, doctors, nurses, and, and we're the front line, and um, we got to be out there. And we love doing what we do. Is it an uh, added variable? It is. Like you said before, it's, it's the added stress. But uh, we, still, we still enjoy our job, and whether there's COVID or not, we're going to go out there and we're going to do it. Do you think that throughout this virus, you've developed a better relationship with your coworkers? Not really. Um, our our camaraderie and our um, work environment is a very tight one. We all get along very well. We all have a very strong team aspect to what we do. That that hasn't really changed much. We we have always taken care of each other, and we have a strong brotherhood and sisterhood. During this pandemic, what is your first thought when you go into work? Well, all of, all of our mentality every time we go into work is, yes, we want to do our job right. We want to protect the public, but we also got to protect ourselves. We got to get home to our families. And uh, at least for me, every time I leave my home every morning to go to work, I kiss my kids uh, goodbye every morning, even while they're still sleeping because I wake up super early. My goal is to, yes, to do my job correctly, but I also got to get home safe to my family. It applies even more so now with the whole COVID thing, because you don't want to bring that back home. You know, chances are that if I were to get COVID, I'd be okay. I would recover. I think I would recover. Uh, but you don't want to. You don't want the added stress of bringing out possibly home to your kids and, and your family members. How long do you think it'll take before everything goes back to normal, or if it will go back to normal? I don't see it going back to normal anytime soon. I don't want to downplay it. I know it's a very contagious, very unknown strong uh, virus i guess it's it's funny because I, I i don't i don't see it going back to normal anytime soon yes we have to wear these masks i'm not sure i'm not sure no i, I don't see it going to back to normal anytime soon uh, i guess maybe when the vaccine comes around maybe uh things will change a little bit do you see things going back to normal like the way they used to or do you think it'll be an event like 9 11 that will that'll impact how we do things daily well 9 11 did impact us significantly obviously the whole country i think we bounced back from 9-11 and um we we got stronger as a nation we um we kind of went back almost to normal i guess after 9-11 with this is the unknown of does this person have it does that person have it and i think putting on these masks and this social distancing has made it very awkward it's made it very stressful uh to to get over it that's why i don't see it going back to normal anytime soon I don't want to get too political, but I think the media has kind of put this fear in our minds of, you know, stay away from each other. And, and now we, you know, six feet away from each other, plus a mask. And why can't we just go into a store without a mask? You know, especially if I know I don't have anything because they're saying to wear your mask because you don't want to give whatever you got to somebody else. And it's, it's a very complicated answer. I don't want to get too, too into it, but. um. So you think the 
the recovery from COVID is going to be harder than the one from 9-11? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We don't know how long this is going to go on. And God forbid something else happens where another flu or another type of virus comes around. And look at other countries like China and Japan. They're wearing masks all the time. They've been wearing masks before COVID. I don't see us taking these masks off anytime soon, unfortunately. I'm not a big fan of them. So you said you think the media is over-exaggerating this. And do you think that the way the media is portraying this virus is wrong? No, I don't think it's wrong. I think we do need a heightened sense of security. I do, I do think we need to be very cautious of the situation. I can't, uh, I can't speak for the media. It's just in my opinion, I, I don't think, I think fearing just walking next to each other and, and this uh, social distancing and it's, um, it's going to have, it's going to have a lot more effect than we think. It's, it's not going to go away anytime soon. It's affecting our day-to-day lives. You know, this whole quote-unquote new normal everybody's talking about, it's, it's affecting everybody's lives, not to mention all the people that, are, that, that their businesses have to shut down because, because of it. That's a whole other aspect of this whole thing, that the, Ameri- the, the United States economy has taken a major hit. Have the amount of calls increased more because of... Oh, they have decreased. The, the amount of calls have decreased, believe it or not. Not sure why. I think people are more afraid of going to the hospital now. Nobody wants to go to the hospital where they could possibly get the COVID uh, virus at a hospital. So I guess people are holding back from calling 911. I mean, the calls are still coming in, obviously, but but uh, a little bit less. But uh, I guess once everything goes back to normal, they'll... It'll, it'll get back. It'll get back to normal. The, the call volume will get back to normal. Our final interview was Emily, who is an RN, also known as a registered nurse. How has quarantine and the virus affected your workflow? So actually, I just, well, I graduated in, de- I graduated in December of 2019. And then I had to take my uh, boards, which are like your exam to become a registered nurse, um, like approved through the state and stuff. And then I was supposed to start my residency program in March. And since I work at Baptist, whenever you're a new, gra- a new nurse, like you just graduated from school, you have to go through a residency program, which is a certain amount of weeks, depending on what department you're hired for. And you do, like you take different classes, you do simulations, like different things like that, um, in order to get you ready to be on your own and take care of patients. And they basically had to suspend my residency when I started in March because we couldn't do classes um, in enclosed spaces and have so many people. Um, They tried to do them through Zoom, but it just got really complicated with everything going on. So since my start date was March 16th, and since then it's like maybe like a week or two after that it got suspended and it's still suspended now so basically like I'm still being trained but there's everything that I needed to like get online and classes and simulations and stuff has still been uh, suspended I really haven't like I've been being trained but not through the program as it was planned so it's kind of on hold and hopefully they'll be able to start it in like a week or two Um, but we're still not 100% sure. So when you started in the nursing field, did you think that this is how your first job experience would go? Not at all. I, at all. I thought, I mean, being a new nurse, they always say like, you're going to have a lot of, like, it's a lot of changes. Um, It's very nerve wracking for a while. Um, You feel like a little lost. 
um, until you kind of get the hang of things. Nobody can prepare you to start working in a hospital through a pandemic that nobody really knows. Like everybody takes it day by day. I kind of go into work every day. Like I can't, I don't, can't get comfortable like knowing what's going to happen. It's always something new. So I definitely had no idea this was going to, this was going to go this way at all. Uh, I was really excited to start and everything. And it's been okay. <laughs> it's really hard sometimes, but it gets, it's been getting better. So that's a good thing. But no, I could have never guessed this was how I was going to start working. <laughs> what precautions are you taking in order to stay safe? So I actually moved out of my house for about a month and a half almost. Um, I was staying, my boyfriend is a nurse as well. So um, I stayed at his house because his parents and his grandmother moved um, to their house in the Keys so that they would be away from him because he works as well in the emergency department. So we were both exposed. And then my grandma lives with me at my house and I was in, I work in the ICU. Um, which is the intensive care unit at Baptist. So I was around COVID patients as well. So I had to um, move to his house for about a month and a half. So I could be like away from my family and just like kind of um, quarantine, but like with people that are in the hospital too, so that my family wouldn't get sick and his either. And I actually was just able to move back to my house on Monday. So um, that's, good. that's good, but I did have to, yeah, I had to move out for a little bit. Uh, when you're going into work, what is the first thing you think walking in there? And do you feel safe? In the beginning, it was, it's more nerve, I mean, once you're kind of in the COVID unit in the beginning, it was really nerve wracking because like, I didn't know what to expect. It was like a very gloomy environment. Like everyone's very tense just because they like didn't know if every new things are coming out every day on like how it spreads and things like that so it's like you were taking every precaution like to keep yourself safe um so the first time I was like I had to I normally go on my scrubs I had to change out of my scrubs go into different scrubs um wear double masks like wear an N95 and wearing that for like 12 almost 13 hours it like it's very uncomfortable. And then with this, another mask on top, um, just for like double protection, you get very like um, more conscious of always washing your hands and just like things that before you wouldn't think of like, oh, I touch this, but like, it's really not that dirty. But then you're like, okay, maybe it is. So you're constantly like, just very self, like very self-aware all the time. So it was kind of like physically exhausting. And then um, like mentally because you're like always worried at least in the beginning and then you kind of get the hang of how to keep yourself safe and stuff so it just it took time to adjust to that are you feeling higher levels of stress because of the new circumstances um in the beginning for sure especially being a new nurse um that I don't know I'm not like prop properly trained yet so I was just really trying to like help everybody as much as I can and whatever role they gave us like just be as helpful as I as I could um but it definitely was um stressful just because you don't know what your day was going to be like like if you were going to be in the COVID unit or if you weren't so there was times that I was there for like two weeks three weeks straight and then one day I would be put, or one week I would be put in the non-COVID unit, and then like the next week I would. So it was just mentally like you had to come in not knowing 
what kind of day I was going to have. So it did take, it, it has stressed and also because it adds stress and also because my residency has been suspended. Um, but it definitely has gotten like a little better in the past like two weeks. When you first heard about the pandemic and it was first starting out, did you think it would affect life, not only work, but life as much as it has? I don't think I paid, I never watched the news really. <laughs> I don't think I paid attention much to it, but then um, obviously since it affects my workplace, it's like it made me pay attention a whole lot more. Um, so it has a affected my work life and my home life because I had to move out of my house. It's definitely just been, it's a day by day situation, but it definitely has like changed all aspects. It changed all aspects of my life, my work life and then my home life. So I definitely felt a big change and I didn't really know it was going to get this big. And it gets kind of hard to realize like, okay, like when do we see a little bit of change? It's nice in the hospital because I can see patients getting better and being discharged, but life itself is not really normal yet. I don't really know when it will get there. Have you ever been hesitant to go into work? Like, oh, what if something happens? And if so, what keeps you, like, what's your drive to keep going to work? Well, I guess I don't really look at it like I, I have an option. Like, it's a career I, I chose and nobody could have ever written this. At least I think, like, I don't, I wouldn't have never, I would have never guessed this. I would have guessed, like, 12 hurricanes before I would in the same season before I guess this because that's something that has impacted my job also before so this is something completely different I guess I just I yeah it's I don't really look at it like an option like I gotta just have to go to work and there was a time that it was very like a one week that I was just like overwhelmed especially since I'm new and you want to be helpful but you don't have all the tools yet to be helpful in that sense so it was overwhelming and then not being home and being around my family was also stressful so there was a lot of times where I felt like overwhelmed but when you start seeing things change and things getting a little better day by day it does make it better and I guess I just kind of have the mindset when I go into work literally when I park I'm like okay whatever day you're gonna have like it's gonna end it will end like I will get to clock out so I just look like not that I look forward to that but it's like everybody's going through something right now it's not just me so you just have to take it day by day like every day is going to be different so just go in and like do the best I can to keep myself safe be aware wash my hands don't touch unnecessary things like things like that that I can do on my own that make me feel like I'm doing something for myself and that I'm keeping myself safe. When you go into work, it could be two weeks that you're in the ICU or one week you're in like a different department, if that's uh -huh. how I interpreted it. <laughs> I don't know so, if that's correct though. There was a new building being built for an ICU department. And what they did was they transferred like all the patients that were non-COVID in the old ICU, they transferred them to the new ICU. And then the old ICU building was strictly a COVID ICU. So if a patient came in and they were COVID positive and they needed ICU care, they would go there. And that way they were able to separate like non-COVID ICU patients and COVID ICU patients. So there was a time for like two or three weeks where I was in the COVID unit um, with dealing with like helping with those patients 
And then already like the last two weeks going on three, I've been in the non-COVID ICU. So since our residency was suspended um, or postponed, better said, they put us as runners, which is basically in the ICU, like there's different pods. And then each room is like, it's its own private room. So each patient had their own room. And basically we would stand outside of the room and hand the nurses that would go in whatever they needed, supplies, um, if they needed help with anything like to hand them to them, we would do that. And then once they would step out of the room, we basically would hand them wipes, clean them down, like help them take everything off just to like contaminate as least as possible. And that like allow the nurses help, like if they were in the room, like if they forgot something then we could go and get it for them. So they wouldn't have to come out and like waste PPE to then go back in and also expose other people that like, just because they needed to come out to go back in so we were basically runners is what they called us like we're new grads so we since we started the residency we're new nurses so there's like five of us and they would schedule us on those days and assign us different units that we would be but we would still be runners so we were in the COVID unit helping in that sense. Based on those interviews it was an interesting look on the perspectives of a first responder and how their daily lives are during this pandemic. Thank you guys for listening. This has been another episode of Tea Time with Sophie and Issa signing off. See you next time.